dare to dream because you can because it's there. And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I'm tremendously excited about my next guest. You know, things happened in the world and I lost touch with him. And it is really good to hear his voice again talked to him about an hour off the air the other day. He's also been on another one of the shows that I produce. And so it's just so great to reconnect with Joe Camp. And you can find out more about him at the soulofahorse.com and joecamp.info. Go to both of those websites as we have the chat today. And maybe you've never heard of Joe Camp before. Maybe not the name, but I bet you know who he is. He's a film writer, a producer, and a director, an author, a speaker, and the man behind the beloved dog, Benji, who most of us grew up with. And he believes that anything, anything is possible, but you have to work hard. And the big part is you have to trust in yourself. Hey, experts told him way back, there was no way that, don't even bother This Benji film isn't going to make it. You know, we're not going to stick our neck out because it's not that great of an idea or, you know, you're not going to do it the way we want to do it. So he proved them all wrong. The experts did it himself. And after multiple Benji movies later, he has just taken the world by storm with that little beloved creature who you can't get enough of him. Let's be honest. And he has best-selling books as well. The Soul of a Horse, Born Wild, Horses and Stress, Dog Stories, and my personal favorite, God Only Knows, Can You Trust Him with the Secret? And we're going to actually answer that a little bit later on. And many others as well. Again, go to the websites for all of those books, thesoulofahorse.com and joecamp.info. Well, I think I've talked long enough. Joe, welcome back to the show, my friend. It is a real privilege to have you back. It is great to hear your voice again, too. I didn't know what had happened to you during the the pandemic, et cetera, and uh, it's good to, good to be talking again. Yeah, it makes you wonder, you know, people that you haven't talked to, and they, they do come up in your mind, and, you know, you think and you pray. I hope they're safe, and I did have those thoughts about you, so it's definitely good. In the last, I believe, month or so, month and a half, as we were on another show together and then conversations off the air, it's good to know that you're doing all right, my friend. Yeah, doing great, doing great. So tell us what Joe Camp has been up to. Just let's start here over the last 18 months, just in life. Where has it taken you and what's going on? Well, of course, you know, the beginning of all that pandemic stuff, uh, things began to really slow down because we were worried about that and trying to make sure that we were you know, in good shape and so forth. Uh, we went through a winter uh, here in Middle Tennessee, that became one of the worst ice storms they've ever had. <laughs> so so we, had, we were without power and heat for five days. Wow. And we live we lived so far out in the country that you would, you, know, you would think for sure that you, there's no city anywhere nearby. But in reality, we're only about 15 minutes from uh, Starbucks and, and less than an hour from Whole Foods. So we're all in good shape here. <laughs> Well, that is good. And hopefully right now, I know we're in December. It's not as cold out there as it was uh, back about a year, little year and a half ago. No, it's not that bad for sure. We, we've had some, you know, below freezing mornings and uh, uh, it's, I won't say it's comfortable by any stretch, but it is 
whole lot better than it was. I called you the other day. It was great. I loved it. I said, how's it going? And you said, well, we're actually getting San Diego type weather. <laughs> I, I just kind of chuckled. Yeah, it's true. We're, you know, I, I, I don't really look forward to, uh, you know, making big long trips these days on airplanes and so forth like that. But we're coming out to California for uh, Christmas with Kathleen's family and I am really looking forward to some shirt sleeves. Oh, I bet you are. And I, I really hope we can link up. We, we've talked about it, and I just think that would just be just an amazing treat. Well, you know, I love our conversations, Joe, because they always go in every which way, and they're non-scripted, and that's the best part. Uh, even our interviews are, are just tremendous. I was perusing your website today and went to a section that I had not been to before, and the tab was called Liberty. And once you click on it, it takes you to a page it's titled i believe liberty inspires trust now we're not going to get political because that's one thing i like about our chats is we we don't have to touch the politics nor do i think we want to anger people uh but there's so many things going on in our nation right now and many of them are are infringing on our liberties which is why a lot of individuals don't trust the government and here's the twist liberty inspires trust now they're great words and they matter so much that they matter to horses too. Help us with this correlation. I find it interesting. That is, that's that, that's that's what the the primary meaning of that. <laughs> In fact, I oh, you scared me to death. Now that I, you know that that line is out there, because what is what we're really talking about is at liberty, which means uh, a horse has no halter and lead rope and he's just free to go wherever he wants to go Mm. and and what the the concept there is that when a horse is at liberty when you particularly when you are beginning with a new horse uh when you do your your relationship building and your training at liberty in other words you have no control over the horse physically with a, a rope or a halter or anything that gives him a lot more trust in you and brings faster the trust that you need for him to have uh, in you, which is which he's got to make the decision on. You can't you can't force trust. You can't uh, you know bang him in the head and say no, you will trust me. Uh, you, you've got to let him come to that conclusion. And so we've developed several methods of, of working with the horses so that they do come to that conclusion that they trust you implicitly. And when they do, then it's it's amazing. I and mean, everything changes because they will do anything in the world for you at that point in time. All you've got to do is be able to figure out how to communicate what you want them to do. And uh, that's not always, you know, not always easy. But it's a whole lot easier than than dealing with the way training usually goes, which is uh, what, what we call negative reinforcement is where most training falls down, and we call all this positive reinforcement. So it's uh, it has worked well for us. We have eight horses; they're all at liberty all the time. Uh, rarely, rarely, rarely do we ever put a halter on any one of them. And, you know, unless the vet's there, they're going to draw some blood or something like that. And uh, and so it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's really opened up the door for, 
for horses who will trust you and then do anything in the world for you. It, it just it, it I was at that part of the website today just randomly and it really just it got me thinking as I mentioned the correlation here between horses wanting to be free and you know not bound uh, to be able to kind of go on their own free will and with humans too it is it, it's just amazing and we operate best when that's how we're handled so liberty freedom isn't just a human thing i think it's a it, it's a nature thing and especially with horses they respond so greatly to that and that is where the communication with these horses you can, if you do it right like you said they'll do anything for you yeah, that's true. And the 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 analogy that that I use, you know, I, I skip the the, <laughs> the government and uh, rightly so, uh, rightly so. Factors, but you know, we ask of the horse the very same thing that God asks of us. Mm. Trust me, trust me, and you will have everything that you want. And uh, and that's what He says to us, and that's what you know we say to the horse and when they find that that's true then uh, it, and, and you, you, a lot of people train so harshly or even moderately harshly and the, the thing that they don't understand is you cannot ever plant something in the horse's memory system which is perfect you know the horse remembers everything you can't you can't plant something there that is negative because they'll never forget it. I mean they 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 don't ever forget anything, and you know the last thing you want is for them to be uh, you know basically afraid of you because they don't know when that's going to come up again. So it's you know it, it takes care and feeding and it takes a lot of change of attitude and and approach to, for a lot of people. Uh, it doesn't, it didn't take much change for us because I'm pretty lazy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I like it to be easy. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, it, you know, we, we, we have, uh, a Mustang that came to us pregnant from the BLM that had been pulled in from the, from the wild had, uh, uh, carrying a baby that was conceived in the wild, and, uh, and and she came to us, and we did a thing that we call no agenda time, which means Kathleen and I would sit out in her, uh, not her paddock, because she didn't, she wasn't confined to a paddock except at meal time, <clears throat> and uh, we would we would sit out uh, in that paddock while she was eating hay around our feet. And I couldn't touch her, and I couldn't stand up around her, or she'd be gone. And she had never been touched by, uh, you know, willingly by a human. And and so we, you, people ask me, well, how, how do you get a horse to trust you? How do you know that they, that they will, and what do you do to get them to do it? And I said, you don't do anything. That's the main re- main thing. Is and we sit there. We sat for thirty five nights when Kathleen would get home from teaching, and we would go down to the uh, uh, to that paddock after meal time, and 
sit on a couple of chairs we'd take down there and had a couple of jelly jars of wine and we'd talk about her day at school and what was going on with all of her crazy students and whatnot and just ignore the horse completely. And it would come up very close to eat hay off the ground and would look up, would ask for a sniff every once in a while. Mm. Uh, but I never crossed the line of saying, oh, she's good. No, no, she's just exploring. And on the 35th day, which happened to be my birthday, and Kathleen says that I told her that. That's why this all worked out. (laughs) But uh, that day, on that evening, I heard her crunching up the pea gravel as she was getting closer to me behind me. And Kathleen was looking right over my shoulder at her, and I said, is she getting closer? And she said, yes. She's pulling out her phone for the camera. Sure. And she walked up to my back, dropped her head on my shoulders, and went to sleep. That's so incredible. You know, you know what I love about about horses. You mentioned the negative. You know, you don't want to put negative thoughts into their memories. I think that goes across the animal spectrum, and maybe it's more so with horses. I'd like your take on this because I had always heard. I heard it somewhere, and I don't remember with dogs growing up that if you ever accidentally. Uh, snap at a dog or mainly if you like if you accidentally step on the dog's tail uh, they need that trust that reassurance so you instantly if any of those things come up apologize to the dog and love and 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 care for it so that that negative thought never enters their memory if that makes any sense is that is that the same with horses joe uh no yes and no you know the there are things that you do around horses that you can cover, but basically, if you do something, I mean, if you if you let your temper take over because you're not getting what you want out of the horse or something, and you pop her with a whip or you know smack her in the face or something like that, it, she'll remember it forever. Wow. And uh, dogs, I think. I don't know whether they've got a lot more forgiveness quotient or what, but a horse is a, you know, remember a horse is a prey animal. It is uh, uh, an animal that in the wild has no defense other than to run. And, and so when something happens to a horse, uh, the, the background is, is a whole lot, more negative than it would be with with a dog. Mm. Uh, dogs are not that far from the wild in the first place. I mean, the, the horses are very recently from the wild, and uh, and they you know are taught when they're in the wild. You know, their genetics also run this way is to ask you know react first and ask questions later. I'm glad I asked that because I I find the differences, the similarities too when they pop up, but I find the differences in certain kinds of animals just fascinating. And I thought maybe there was a correlation of forgiveness, but it it makes sense. And I have always heard also that horses are super smart. And so it would make sense, hey, you get that negative thought in their head and they're going to remember it the rest of their lives. Yeah. And and, and again, I think that, 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 you know, part of the the background for that 
is that they are prey animals. A dog is not. A dog is a predator. I mean, or he comes from, you know, predator lines, mm. uh, aggressive lines, and so they're they're coming from two different places. And you know, a horse, they, they you know, they are on the move all the time when they're in the wild, on the lookout for you know wolves and cougars and things like that, particularly if there are any babies around and and they they've got to see it coming, you know, pretty early in order to make sure that they don't get caught. And that's why there's a lot of behavior that horses do, you know, like uh if a a stray piece of paper blows across your path when you're trail riding or something. Uh, or an animal, a strange animal, zips across the path and no one's expecting it or something, you'll get a reaction out of a horse that that you wouldn't get out of other animals like a dog or something. And because fear is immediately what, you know, what's going on with him because it's something he doesn't know. He doesn't, who, what is that? And he, he knows that he can't, you know, he can't defend himself against, you know, animals who, you know, can overtake him. And so everything is, is kind of a, a freak out. Isn't that something? And, it's, and, they, and, and they've got to know that. And also horses, the thing that's always bothered me is, is I, I have seen trainers who say, do not let a horse pull away from you when you're riding him and go over to the side of the path and start eating grass. And the more study that I did on all of that, uh, what what we find out is that the horse, you know, as humans, we we have digestive juices in our stomach or wherever it resides, uh, but it turns on and off based upon the presence of food. And with a horse, that's not the case. It's running all the time. That's true. Because a, ho- a horse in the wild will be nibbling most of the day, you know, probably 20 hours out of 24, they're going to be nibbling on a piece of grass here, a piece of grass there, depending on what, you know, where they live and what their conditions are. So it's part of their natural uh, behavior, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they, uh, uh, when you retire, it makes me feel guilty. Now, if I'm on a trail with a horse, I will urge him over to the side. <laughs> Just let him sit there. Come on, time to eat. Yeah. Go on, go on to the next thing. And, and you know, uh, hoping, of course, that, that his reaction is going to be, oh, isn't that sweet? Let me come over here. He uh-huh. asked me to come over here and eat grass. <laughs> But it's true. I mean, I, I think that, you know, that that's some of the negative kind of stuff that horses have to put up with. And people think that they're being ornery, that they're being obnoxious. And they're really not. They're being horses is what they're being is what it sounds like to me. Exactly. That's, that's definitely the truth. And it was all brand new to us, you know, when we first started. And it hadn't been a lifelong thing, but we... Um, you know, after we did that last Benji movie, uh, God decided that it was time for a, a change in venue, so to speak, and found a way to entangle us with, 
you know, with horses, and we wound up with three that we had never had horses before in our life, just before we left California. That's got to be spiritually yeah. gratifying, Joe. I, I mean, I know you love the film process, and making those Benji movies just must have been incredible, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But having such a 180 to a different way of life, I mean, it really just sounds like, as, as well as you're going through your day, I mean, you're almost in just what I would call heaven, being able to commune with God and God's creatures and raise them. And uh, it, it just, it really sounds like, and I mentioned to you off the air in a very good way, it sounds like a simpler way of life. It, uh, not that it's I not hard use, work, I, not that it's not hard work. Yeah I, I, yeah, I wouldn't use the word simple necessarily, but it, uh, when you're in a life that, well, I guess I'll go back to what my dad told me when I was a junior in high school. And I'm saying, what, what, what do you do? How do you know what you want to do and where by where to go to college and if to go to college and et cetera, et cetera. And he was t- driving me home from the camera store that I was working in. And, and he turned, he actually stopped the car and turned and said, do what you would do if you didn't have to make any money at it whatsoever. And you will be happy in your life. You'll be good in everything that you do because you'll care about it. You will, you will have more passion for it and that will reap better jobs you will do better with it and enjoy it more and i god has allowed me to do that my entire life you know i and, and so yeah it's it's i uh, uh it was a shift from you know from film and dogs to to horses but the concepts were all basically the same and the love was the same and the passion was the same and you know the the, the passion within she was always to you know make people happy well sure and, and 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 with horses is to make horses happy by by trying to get the people to deal with them in a manner that will make them happy Noah here and across the county, Joe Camp, my guest, and we have a few minutes left here. We're going to have to have him back. So much more to get to. The Soul of a Horse.com, JoeCamp.info. Find out about his books, all the different Benji movies he's worked on, and as well, just a little bit about the man, because he is very trusting when it comes to talking to God, making sure he's following the path. We're going to get into that right now before I dip into Benji for just a moment. Uh, I could talk horses with you all day, even though I don't raise them, Joe. I mean, it, it just really just sounds fascinating. Absolutely all of it to me. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the book God Only Knows. It's it's my one of my favorite books, which I was privileged to get a copy of. And there's so much wisdom within it, and it talks about how you can trust God. And trust has been a big part of this conversation today. Can you trust God with the secret of your life? And the answer is yes, because if we do trust him with these things, we find out that he listens and that we can live properly and that he talks to us. And this was a big part of you and making Benji a reality. So maybe people didn't hear our first chat together on the air. Maybe you can share a little bit about this. Well, the, 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 the reality of the thing is all of what you said is true 
the uh, the thing that you left out is that he doesn't. God does not necessarily feel obligated to let you know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. And, and and so you have to trust. Is, is basically what it comes down to. The two most devastating times in my life. Uh, I mean, I wanted to go. To, you know, I wanted to d- get into film from the time I was you know, six years old or so. Uh, and that's a whole nother story, but it's in the book. So you can, if you're interested, you can read that in the book. But the, 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 the concept being that I wanted to go to film school when the time came, I wanted to go to UCLA. That was it. Cause that's the film school. And, uh, I was turned down and I thought the world had ended as I know it, as I knew it. And that that there went my my chance to do what I really wanted to do, and that was to make great family films that would you know make people happy and bring joy to them, et cetera, et cetera. And years later, after we had made the original Benchy, we took it out to Hollywood to get a distributor for the picture. And we screened it for everybody in town. I mean, every studio in town, and every one of them categorically rejected it. And we went back to Dallas, where we lived at the time, and I tail between our legs, and and tried to get together with the concept that we got two choices: we throw it in the trash, or we figure it out. Was your gut reaction? And, was your gut reaction? If you figured it out, it would be hard. Let's just let's just put it on the shelf. It, it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, that was actually never my gut reaction, and that's where God does come in because he he gives you what it takes to do what he knows you need. You know, I uh, if this if this movie had ever been picked up by Hollywood, I guarantee you that you and I would not be talking right now because it would not have ever happened. It was, it was such a hard sell to get the pieces in the right place to convince the people that this is a great family, full family, you know, adults and kids and everybody is going to love this movie. And, and a guy at Universal told us that and said, you know, and it's going to take somebody who really cares about it and who's halfway smart to make this happen. And he said, I, I don't, I, I can't promise you that my guys out in the field are that, that they, you know, could make this happen. He said, I love it. If I could take it out by myself, uh, I think I could make a hit out of it. I think I suggest you go back to Dallas and figure out how to do that. And that, of course, is what we wound up having to do because there was no choice. And, and and so, no, I, I I never thought that it would be too hard because that hard is totally comparative to how much passion you have for what you're doing. It's true. And you know, I it, was there a lot of work involved? Yeah. Was there more than I expected? Probably. But it and did we have more? roadblocks than I expected? Absolutely. <laughs> All every day there was something. But But you were it, able to uh, put the pieces into place in the way that you knew they needed to be. Had you handed it off, you know, had 
uh, the Universal guys got their hands on it, which was a possibility. It might have ended up a completely different film if it came out, and that would have actually been harder on you, and you would have felt defeated because that wasn't the product that you wanted to put out. Absolutely true. It's all it is all very true, and you know I, I'm very convinced. God wanted me in Hollywood on occasion to learn something, and I can point to everything that I learned out there uh, over a several year period that I was really happy to get because what he was trying to do is prepare me for a making the writing the movies, making the movie and then, you know, uh, rejecting UCLA because he wanted me to stay at Ole Miss and study marketing and advertising, which is what I was doing, which we're going to need when they turn down our movie. Well, and see, and, and, that, and that's exactly the point. Every, setback is it really a setback because it's really where god wants you to be at the time and you learn something along the way i'm a firm believer in we talked about it during our first chat joe that i don't think god wanted you in hollywood because also personally that might not have been what was best for you so he found a way you got your movie made and you didn't even have to be in hollywood to make that happen I, th- I think you, you, it was as strongly as you can put it, you know, that that was the case. That he said, you know, you go out there, I want you to learn this, I want you to learn that, because you need it. You, you, you need this for where you're going to be winding up, but uh, uh, I don't want you out there. You'll get gobbled up by the system. And and so he said, sit down in Dallas and, and keep working from there. And that that I, I am totally with you on that. I, I believe firmly that he did not want me in Hollywood just sort of destroyed what we were trying to do. Well, I know and, we're running out of time here, unfortunately, Joe, and we, we're going to get more to that process again, probably in the next discussion. And we'll talk a little bit more about Benji and maybe uh, how some of the other individual films were made and your hand and all of that. And maybe if there's plans for another Benji movie, but I have to finish with this because I've been dying to ask you this question. Something else that I found out recently that I was brand new to was that you have had a keynote speech that was called dare to dream. And tell us about that when it was and what it means to you. Give us about a 90 second version as we kind of ramp down the show here. If that's even possible, I don't know. You've talked to me long enough to know <laughs> what, Kathleen, what Kathleen, my wife, says is, is true. You know, you're doing five minutes and he's going to take 20. <laughs> but it's, it, that's what it, everything we've been talking about is what, what that talk is about. It's, a, it's an opportunity to try to, to bring people, so many people are frustrated with, you know, their own passions and not being able to accomplish them and not, you know, believing that they could really get out and, 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 and make something happen. And it's, it's, it's a tracking through how many times that I think this was never going to happen, but I was learning something every time and moving on because I had learned something and, you know, God was pushing me, pushing me, pushing me, pushing me, and not letting me drop off. And every time there was one thing that was going south, there was something else that was, you know, beginning. And so the road just kept 
leading down that 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 line, and that's what the speech is. Is the talk is all about basically? It is dare to dream because you can, because it's there, you know. And it, and I I tell people to you know when when they're planning their life and their careers, only go to things that they're passionate about, because that's where you will devote your entire effort and be happy to do it. And that therefore you will be doing better. Your life will be better. You'll be happier. Your work product will be better. And, and that's what our entire story is. And so that's, that's what the, the, the whole concept of the speech is, is just trying to get people excited and give them a way, a pathway to, to, to go out and get passionate about something. Well, it's available on the website and people can check it out. I am definitely going to be checking it out. I wanted to be inquisitive and ask you about it on the show. So get it on the website. He has two websites, the soulofahorse.com. That's actually all things Joe Camp. You can get pretty much anything there. The soulofahorse.com. Again, that's the soulofahorse.com and joecamp.info. Joe, this has definitely been a refreshing conversation. It's so glad to reconnect with you and we will be in more regular touch, I assure you. That's that'd be great. I would I would love to do it again and I hope that we get the opportunity to see each other when we're out in California. I do as well, my friend. God bless. Thank you. Noah here and across the county. Stay tuned. There's more coming up again. Go to the soul of a horse dot com, Joe Camp dot info.